Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk Tottenham. The Mourinho era has begun. Uh, began in, in fine fashion for 75 minutes before we tried to lose it, but on a way win nonetheless, which has been severely lacking in the league, so I'll take that. It's uh, possibly also good that he's seen how fragile we are at the back first hand, so he knows what he's got to work with now. It would have been a bit of a false, false result if we'd have uh, won 3-0. Um, but going forward, we look very good. Uh, the players are hungry again by looking at it, which is is A, good, but also B, bad, because it shows that a lot of that fight had gone for Pochettino after what he'd done for them. But I think that was fairly obvious that that was going to happen. It's fairly obvious that the players had stopped running for him towards the end. Um, but anyway, an away win, a win for Jose in his first game. Uh, lots of positives, a few negatives, uh, and then obviously the rumours that come from a new manager and one of uh, Mourinho's calibre, the rumours that are <laughs> circulating of who we might buy, uh, are quite good players, so we'll talk about that. But for the moment, let's talk Tottenham. So, first things first, a, a vital away win uh, to stop the kind of rot of the away results, which I think has been 10, 11 months in the league without having an away win. Uh I mean, we were helped out by an absolutely shoddy defensive display, midfield display and a horrendous goalkeeping display by West Ham. But, you know, we're a team low on confidence, certainly away from home. So sometimes, you know, the other team playing bad uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the confidence to go forward. But I thought we looked really good. Deli Ali back to his best. I know Mourinho on Match of the Day said he doesn't want to be... He'll get angry if people say he's had an impact. But, you know, well... I think he's going to get angry then, isn't he? Because he quite clearly has. Harry Kane in that game has turned into an absolute arsehole in one game. You know, bad for opposition teams and defenders, but good for us. But he seems to... I think Mourinho must have told him to act a bit like Costa used to do, you know, never giving the defenders rest, just being a bit of an arsehole on the pitch. He, he was fouling people. There was one push in the corner, which was absolutely ridiculous. The bloke was going nowhere, and then we didn't end up getting the ball back because it was a foul. That that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, niggling, tackling, fouling, you know, staying down after he was fouled just to waste a bit of time. That's all stuff that Costa used to do, uh, and it has to be Mourinho telling him that. I mean, he even tried, like, the push, I think, on Snodgrass at the end. I don't, I don't know why he was pushing him, but anyway, I, you know. Snodgrass then comes back at him and then Kane tries a stone-cold stunner on him. and Didn't really connect, but we still got the three points. Um, still got the one, two, three. But yeah, so it's good to see a bit of fire in Kane, but like I, like I said earlier, I think that means that even he kind of lost a bit of faith in Pochettino and stopped running for him, which is a shame to see. Uh, as I said, that was obvious from it, most people. Uh so that stood out for me. That the big standout was Deli Ali, who's, you know, Mourinho has been there three days, and it was the best performance from Deli Ali for a long, long time. Uh, the second goal, the the improvisation to keep the ball in play and flick it to Sun, superb. That that, that was the cheeky, arrogant side of Deli Ali that made him so good when he was scoring those wonder goals against Palace and and that season where he was un, almost unstoppable. So if he he's back to his best by the look of things and then playing in the Ericsson position. Uh, so maybe we won't miss Ericsson after all. Well, 
Ericsson was one of the negatives coming on. I don't think he touched the ball in 15 minutes and he wasn't running. So, you know, it's not just Pochettino he's not playing for. He's just not playing for the club by the look of things. So I think, you know, January, just go. Whatever, you know, whatever fee comes in, just go. If he doesn't want to go, doesn't play, doesn't get in the squad, then he just leaves in the summer. Uh, I've been a big supporter of Ericsson even this season, but even me now, I think, you know, new manager coming in, he's just, he doesn't want to be here. Uh, Mourinho said he's got to see where his heart and head is. I think he could have seen that in that 15 minutes, but I'd be very surprised if he plays much of the season now, or, or much of however long he's here. I'll be very surprised. Uh, Lamella plays in that position as well. And Mourinho will like him. He's a battler. The the Brighton first goal aside, he's a battler. Chases back, puts a shift in. Um, but at Ali yesterday, <clears throat> that position is his at the moment until he decides to not perform or someone comes in and performs even better. But but Ali Ali was helped, as I say, by the West Ham. I'd be if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be very very uh, worried now. The goalkeeping issue, I think, was there for everyone to see. But, you know, so it was good that we were having pot shots at him, putting crosses underneath his crossbar. That's what you need to do. Some, a goalkeeper's struggling like that. The, the last thing they want to do is, is have to deal with difficult stuff when they're low on confidence, in the, you know, because it will prey on their mind and they'll mess it up again. So that's what the attacking team, as soon as you get the chance, whack it underneath his box, have pot shots at him, make him do something. And then Sun's goal... Keeper should have saved it, but he's lacking confidence. So that's what you need to do. Just get the shot on target. And you never know. Kane had a free kick in the second half. Wasn't the best free kick in the world. But against that keeper, make sure you get it on target. Make sure you make him do something. As it turned out, he saved it quite well and held on to it. But, yeah, make sure he has to do something. But the 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 space that Ali was getting and Kane as well when he was dropping deep and then Son and Moore when they were coming inside the, the the space they were getting to be able to just get the ball back to goal turn round then run with it was was for a professional side is just unacceptable really and and the gap between the midfielders particularly Vice who's a defensive midfielder and the defence was was just far too big there was far too much space there. defensive midfielder like that you've got to be playing like a dyer is he's close to them so it's a line of def- an extra line of defense but it, it was just too big but that, you know and vice is a young young player so he's not necessarily going to be able to see that himself he, he it's possibly uh pellegrini who's telling him to do that um so i just watching the man united game sheffield united have had a couple of chances there brilliant saves by de gea um Anyway, where was I? Gone off on a tangent there. Um, yeah, the, the, it's, it's possibly not Rice making those decisions. It's Pellegrini telling him where to be. Like Noble as well. He's an experienced player. He should be able to see those signs. Um, but yeah, not that I'm complaining. It made the game easy for us in that first like 70-odd minutes with that space. We just couldn't kill the game off. With a fourth goal, like more of us should have scored when he hit in the the break from a West Ham corner of all things, which I think they conceded the goal versus Newcastle in the same fashion there. So they're not learning and they're just a soft touch at the moment. Fabianski hasn't helped being injured. So you could see that the defence don't don't trust the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper doesn't trust the defence. But their, their issues are more than just a goalkeeper 
missing. That they've got to tighten up and show a bit of fight, you know. They they looked very much like we were this season under Pochettino, just no fight and no desire and, and just Yeah. The, the, I mean, a fully fit and, and head in the game Ericsson would have had an absolute field day in that first half. It'd have been five it, it would have had five clear cut chances. They got a warning after a few minutes with Kane's goal quite rightly offside. They got a, a warning. Um but they didn't pay attention to that warning and they just carried on the, the space Ali was getting was ridiculous and like the, the, the Sun's goal brilliant finish by Sun and uh, well it wasn't a particularly good finish it was a good finish getting it on target with that goalkeeper but, but the way he gets that extra space by that step over you know exactly what he's going to do but you still can't stop it but the space Ali had the space he had was just criminal really from a West Ham point of view not that I'm complaining obviously but yeah, it was just too, too easy. Like, you can only imagine if that was Man City playing and the De Bruyne and Sterling. It would have been seven by half-time. It really would. And Pellegrini is now a manager of banging trouble. I don't know who they've got next, but if they, they don't show some improvement, he's really going to be under pressure. Um, Antonio, if, if if he can play and start the game, he was their one bright spark, I thought. he causes He always causes us problems. But he was full of running, he's strong, and he, he showed desire, but like no one else showed the desire with him. Um he wins flick ons, everyone's standing there, and then it goes through to Gaznigo or one of our defenders who clears it. It's just yeah. They've got big problems, West Ham. But in, in terms of us, that it's a Mourinho team which you suddenly or sometimes assume it's just going to be defensive. But going forward, I thought, certainly in that first half, and as I say, we were helped. But going forward, I thought we looked really good and a real, real threat. And it was back to, like, Poch's basics of, like, the 16-17 season. You have the four defenders. You have the two midfielders in front. And they've got their, their positions and their instructions. And then the front four, do, do your thing, cause damage, win us the game. And that's exactly what happened. It, like... Back to simplicity a little bit there. Uh, Mor- Mora and Son have the license to swap over. So one was on the right, one was on the left, and they have license to swap over during the game. Uh, Ali primarily just behind Kane, but when Kane comes deep, Ali does what he does brilliantly and goes beyond Kane and then becomes a striker. Where he didn't really get too many chances, but uh, and 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 a word on Kane as well. Like in midweek with scoring a hat trick against Montenegro, you had some Spurs players. Fans, sorry, on Twitter saying, "Oh, he does it for England. He doesn't care about Tottenham." Well, it may may be that he he did let his um standards drop under Pochettino a little bit, but he didn't get the service under Pochettino, and and England with those three goals, they were all from the the fullbacks, uh, Alexander Arnold or Chilwell, who went forward and gave him the service, and then he scores a hat trick. And his goal in against West Ham, Aurea goes forward, gives him the service, goal done. So, you know, you give him the service, he will score, and it's not always a case of he doesn't care. He, he's he's not messy. He's not going to dribble from the halfway line get a goal that way. He needs the service. Um, so it's good that three of our front four all scored. More of a brilliant. Uh, Goal that one, as I said. Ali, brilliant improvisation. Uh, and desire, the brilliant cross from Sun and the desire from Mora to get in there and get the touch. Wonderful. So so that's the big positives. 
the big negatives obviously uh 75 minutes after we played well and then we decided to get a sleep but i think possibly what the 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 problem could be is that Mourinho's renowned for getting in the lead and then defending the lead we're not good enough defensively to do that at the moment he'll sort that out he'll cut out the sloppiness but at the moment we're we're not that team we've struggled all season keeping leads and it showed again luckily that goal was offside which was correct correctly used VAR one of the only times that anyone will ever say that this season correctly used VAR uh, absolute shambles Sterling's goal again shoulder offside absolute fucking nonsense just either get rid of it or use it properly but in the West Ham game it was used properly to deny their goal uh, I'm not sure if it was used to deny Kane's goal but that was a correct decision either way so whether it was used whether it wasn't doesn't matter um yeah, I, th- I thought we played well defensively all game, apart from after 75 minutes when uh, we decided to get a sleep. I mean, I think we ov- obviously sat back a little bit, sort of like, let's see the game out. We've got a game on Tuesday, which is much win, and then uh, Antonio kind of forced them to play a bit better. Um, but yeah, you still can't be conceding goals like that. And even the offside goal, like the guy's got a free header whoever's headed it on. He's got a free header, which shouldn't happen. Um, as I say, Mourinho will sort that out. We stopped passing the ball as well. Maybe they were tired, I don't know. But you know, Ericsson coming on didn't help where he didn't touch the ball and just was a complete passenger. Uh, Sissoko not starting surprised me, but, you know, he, he likes Dyer, as I said uh, on the previous podcast. He likes Dyer, so I'd be amazed if Dyer doesn't uh, start most of the games. Uh, and then it's between Winks, Sissoko, uh, Ndombele for that other space, I would say. Uh, Winks did well. He, he shows a lot of heart, a lot of bottle. Um, so, yeah, so it just got to cut out the sloppiness in defence. Like, it's just... Because San, Sanchez made a few challenges and, and, and Evers panicked. But for 75 minutes, he looked assured and good. Gazaniga as well. He didn't have any chance by the um, for the goals, but yeah, Mourinho will cut that out. He'll cut out the sloppiness and and you know he's only been there three days and we still got the win, so it's not cause for massive massive alarm. It's just you know just be a bit sensible. Um, oh, Sheffield United have scored. Just watching that, a little unlucky for De Gea, but. That's good for us if that can stay that way with us Man United being in the positions that we're trying to chase. Um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do this while watching a game, you know, talking about something, then I have to go to something else and I remember what I was talking about. Um, what was I talking about? The defence. So, yeah, he'll cut that out, Mourinho. Take a little while, maybe a month or so, but he'll cut cut that out. And as long as we're going forward, we looked far more menacing going forward than we have done in about three months. Uh, so Olympiacos, I'd back us to win that at home uh, and then qualify for the Champions League. Um, but yeah, we got lucky, but yeah, it should have been out of sight before half-time with the, the sloppiness of West Ham's play and how bad they are. And They're candidates at the moment for relegation, but I, I think like Everton and and Silva Pellegrini will find he'll lose his job soon if he doesn't turn it around <laughs> talking of Everton they want Pochettino like 
they're dreaming. Like what Pochettino has done with us, he's now a calibre of manager that can go anywhere in the world. He ain't going to go to Everton, with all due respect to them. They're not a big enough club. They're not in a Champions League. He's already done his uh, transforming a team from not in the Champions League to Champions League regulars. Now, his level is teams who should be winning Champions League, I would, I would say, or massive teams like a Man United. <laughs> Arsenal fans as well, all, all, for five years, were going, oh, he's gutless, he can't win a trophy, he's shit. Now they're begging him to join them. Like, you know, what happened to you guys, Arsenal fans? You know, used to be winning leagues and everything like that, were big time, and now look at you. You're wanting a, 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 who you called a reject manager not that long ago. Um, so yeah, Pochettino will go to one of the big clubs. I would think he won't go anywhere this season. I think he'll have a vest. And he deserves one of those. He looked tired. Uh, but yeah, it's positive, positive game under Mourinho. Uh, I'm still sad that Pochettino isn't there, but I think for everyone concerned, it's probably not the worst thing being that he looked absolutely shattered and, and tired. The players, I think, I, I think they were stale and that, that's a levy thing, not buying the players or the players not wanting to come or, or us not making offers. Uh so maybe it just needed a new manager to shake it up. But yeah, positive, positive result, positive performance for 75 minutes. Just need Mourinho to do his work, do his magic and cut out the defensive errors. And speaking of the defence as well, I think Pochettino didn't help himself by changing the defence and changing the team every game. Like certainly back four and goalkeeper, you need a a fairly standard, a, a, a consistent back four and goalkeeper so they can get some understanding so I'd like to see us keep the back four. Maybe the full backs you can change every now and then, but certainly the two defensive uh, uh, central defenders you need to keep because they're the ones who generally organise the line and, and everything like that. So I, I would imagine Alderville would be the main one there because he, he likes him, Mourinho. What? And it'll be interesting. Will it be Sanchez? Will it be Vertonghen? Will it be Foyth? Uh Vertonghen and, and Alderweireld are getting on, so they're not going to be there forever. So you need to like have a defender ready to come in. So you can't just play Vertonghen and Alderweireld, I would say, because then when they retire, who's coming in? Who's used to playing with the the, the other defenders? So I'd like to see us keep that defence. Aurea played well, no mistakes, but you know that's a verity as well. Like VAR doing the right thing, uh, but he played well. Good cross for Kane's goal. Uh, Davies. Played well. Um, but yeah, Alderville will be his main defender, certainly this season. Uh, but I, I like Sanchez. He makes a few mistakes, but he is still young. Reminds me very much of Dawson uh, when he was with us, uh, when King was playing. And he, he was that, that defender who wasn't quite sure of his of where to be, so he needed someone like a King or Woodgate as well who played in that season to kind of tell him where to be. And Sanchez reminds me of that. But I think he's got a very bright future and he's certainly got a good manager there who will help him. And if he can play regularly without a Veerald, that's all for the better as well. Um, goalkeeper, Gazaniga, he, he's a little slow to get down sometimes, but his kicking is, is far better than Loris. I, I said after the injury, when he got injured against Brighton, Loris is done at Tottenham. He makes too many mistakes, and I stand by that. It'd be interesting to see what... Uh, Mourinho does, but if it was me, I'd be saying to Gazny, you're my number one for this season, even when Loris gets back, unless you have a few howlers and then he comes in and plays well. Uh, and then see what happens in the summer. Maybe that we try and get a goalkeeper. 
think that would be quite harsh on Gazaniga, but he looks fairly solid and dependable. I think getting down, not as quick as, as Lovis. Uh, and my other, my other issue is he's not as commanding as some keepers you'd like to see. Uh, crosses and stuff like that. But he is still young and he hasn't really played that much. Uh, but I'd like to see him get a good run and, and for the rest of the season and then see what happens in the summer. Right, so I talked about the game there, so I'll have a little break now. Call that half-time of the podcast episode. Uh, be back in a bit, talking about the rumours of Mourinho and how I think the Champions League game against Olympiacos will go. So, back in a tick. And we're back. So, with the new manager, obviously comes new rumours um, of who they're going to buy, you know, because it's not their team they've inherited. Uh Mourinho, I've seen reports saying that uh, Mourinho doesn't want anyone. He wants these players. There's no money to buy anyone. There's money to buy these people. And, and so God knows what the situation is. Uh, but I thought I'd take this opportunity to talk through some of the <laughs> uh, the, the top... I'd, I'll say the top three rumours uh, that I heard and, and why I think they're a good idea. So, third one... Uh, these are in no particular order because um, I think they're all going to be good if if they do come to fruition, which I'm not sure they will. But anyway, uh, the, the first one I think will. Uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, and Eriksen leaving. Or certainly Eriksen not playing. I think we were linked with him and from what I understand, he is a playmaker. So, But whether whether we didn't play really with a playmaker yesterday. Playmaker, I, I associate, like, who gets the ball from the defenders and and then dictates the play. Um, we didn't really play with that. Ali was as close as we got to a playmaker, but he wasn't getting it from the defenders, really. Like By getting it from the defenders, I only mean them playing like a two-yard pass to him and then him pinging it out left and right. So... What happened yesterday is that the Fent, I mean, it obviously helped, like I've said, how wide open in midfield um, West Ham were. But either the defence were passing it straight through on the floor to Ali, to his feet, back to goal, and then uh, able to turn and then do something with it. Or the defence were giving it quick, short to Winks or Dyer, and then Dyer and Winks giving it to Ali, and then he dictated play from there. What we're talking about Dyer as well, his passing was another uh, down part of the game like he needs to sort that out and actually be able to pass the ball but I guess that's not part of his game his game is to break it up so I'll let him off a little bit but anyway so yeah so we didn't really play with a playmaker but if uh, Fernandez is um, then that kind of changes Mourinho's um, way that he plays so whether he but it'll be a direct replacement for Ericsson um, but then that, that will also allow uh, Ali to do what I think it will possibly happen that it will become the new Frank Lampard for Mourinho. Um, you know, driving driving runs forward and running from late. But, yeah, we've been linked with Fernandez, so I think that will happen. Uh, second rumour, well, it's not really a rumour, it's been a rumour for about five years, is God coming back. By God, I mean Gareth Bale. Uh, I mean, that flag of Madrid as well, you know, uh, it, uh, in, uh, for Wales, Wales, golf, Madrid in that order. And Madrid fans having a moan at him saying it's disrespectful. You know, the guy's won you two Champions Leagues and, uh, you know, 
you give him so much crap and so much shit, you're lucky the flag didn't say Wales, golf, Madrid, fuck off. You know, no one could have uh, criticised him for that, really, apart from the language, but you know, could have criticised him for feeling that way when they've given him so much crap and not even appreciated anything he's done. But anyway, but I think the the issue with Bale moving anywhere other than China, which they didn't want to pay the fee, is that he's it, the wages he's on at Madrid priced himself out of the market. Because like, no one can afford that, you know, 400,000 a week or 500,000 a week, whatever he's on. So if he wants to move and play football for a team that like him and fans that like him, he needs to lower his wage demands. Because Madrid won't just let him go for free unless he runs his contract out, which I don't know how much he's got left of that. But but yeah, but as much as I love Pochettino, Mourinho is, you know, can attract far better players possibly. Um because of his contacts and where he's been and what he's won. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he came. Um, I'm not sure how the finances would work there. But I did read that, you know, for all those levy haters out there, we are the, uh, uh, what was the word? Uh, financially stable. It's not the right word, but like we, we've, uh, yeah, we're in a very good financial situation. Um, I'll think of it a bit later when, you know, it'll just come to me and then I'll mention it. But um, yeah. We're in a very best best financial situation of any club in the world is what I kind of read in terms of profitability or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to make much sense with Man City with the money that they've got. So, yeah, financially stable, we'll say. Um, yeah, and I, I also got told as well, the NFL second game that we had, uh, they took a million pounds just in beer money. Unbelievable stat that as well. Not even counting the money that the NFL gave to us and the gate receipts and all that, but, you know, unbelievable, really. Um, so whether we'd be able to afford Gareth Bale, you know, I'm not sure. But, you know, with this finan- financial talk and that we are in a very good place there, that that's Levy's doing, so, you know. There's no way we'd be able to bring in someone like a Mourinho and and, and pay um, Pochettino's um, compensation without that financial situation. Um, so yeah, so that'd be a rumor. I think that would give a massive, massive boost to absolutely everybody if he came back. But I think the Fernandez one is quite likely. Bale one, pretty likely, and then the the next one, which uh, I would say is very unlikely, but would be one that would excite me no end is Zlatan you know called Bale God Zlatan is self-proclaimed God of football you know but you know he'd be on a free because he, he's he's finished his contract in the MLS so he'd be on big wages but you know <laughs> the shirt sales would pay for that in about a week you know and, and not only that he'd make Kane a far far better player he'd learn so much from Zlatan uh, all the players would learn about, from him. He's a winner. Uh, it would only be a short-term contract, obviously. He loves Mourinho, so then he's got his general in there as well. Uh, and, yeah, he'd, he'd instantly raise the levels of training. And, and, you know, we'd be training like actual proper, proper pros. And So I, I think that would be a win-win. That I mean, he, he's got his arrogant streak and everything like that. But for me, that's just a character. You listen to any of the Man United players when he was there and they all loved him, said he was unbelievable in training, really nice guy, just wonderful professional. So it, it's just a character, his arrogance. 
which is which is good. I like that. You, there's no characters in the game really anymore, and he's certainly one of them. So that would be my top boomer, or, or most excitable boomer, followed by Bale. Um, but I don't think they're going to be lightly. I've been rumoured with a few defenders and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and as as I say, there's also rumours that we haven't got any money. He doesn't want anyone. You know, I think I think we need a right back. I'm not sure. Orvia is the answer. It's good to see Walker Peters back on the bench. Uh, so hopefully he can get some game time and show him what he can do. Um, yeah, so they're my top three rumours. The finance thing, I think it's the most financially stable in terms that we've made the most amount of profit, I think, uh, in a percentage of how much we've we've spent. So obviously Man City have got more money than us, but they haven't made as much of a profit compared to how much they've spent or something like that, but yeah. I'd probably confuse matters, made myself sound even more stupid than normal, uh, and just talking absolute nonsense, but I kind of know what I mean. I just can't figure out the words or how it was worded on Twitter. But anyway, so Olympiacos next. We win that, we win the Champions League knockouts, uh, finishing second, uh, which we did last year. So, so Mourinho said it makes it even more difficult if you finish second to win it, but we've got players there, pretty much all of the same players, who managed to find a way to win against Man City, and Ajax last year, so they know how to get through. And now we've got a winner in charge who will instill that winning mentality to go even better. So I don't think it's beyond the realms that we could win the Champions League this year and do a Liverpool where we lose in the final one year and then win it the next year. Obviously, you need your luck. You know, We got lucky last year that we never got any other big, big hitters because uh, people had knocked them out. Um, so you need your luck there. But you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best, you know. Uh, and we we we've beaten a lot of you know we beat Man City. I know we ended up losing the, the second leg, but on aggregate we ended up winning against the best team in England. So, and you know, England was where the Champions League winners came from. So, we can beat the best. Um, you know, being a reinvigorated squad. So I don't think it's beyond the realms that we could win the Champions League. FA Cup certainly we could win, but again, you need your luck there. Champions League, fourth would be the priority there. Like in terms of his remit, Mourinho, like for it to be a success, he has to get in the Champions League. And the, the amount of money that we spent on the stadium and everything, and if we want to be as profitable as we have been, uh, he's got to get in the Champions. We've got to be in the Champions League to maintain that. So that would be his remit, either by winning it or or getting fourth. Fourth will be really tricky. I think Man City, Liverpool. I know Leicester a second, but Man City, Liverpool will be the top two. Um, <laughs> if Liverpool do not win the title now, they never ever will, and they don't ever deserve to if they can't see this one out. Uh, and you know, with VAR seemingly like on their side as well, with a ridiculous penalty not given. Uh, but I think they'll they're in pole position for first, and then Man City second, and then whether that will stay the same. But Leicester, don't discount them. I, I, I don't think they will win the league. I think they'll maybe fall apart a little bit. And if something happens to Vardy or Madison, they could be in a bit of trouble there. Because that really is how, you know, they're crucial to their game. Um, but they haven't got Europe, so they can pretty much, unless they have a massive, massive cup run play every, every seven days in the league, pretty much. Apart from over Christmas. Uh with the same team, fresh, and that will help them. So I think at at this moment in time, they're looking good for third. Um, 
So that'd be tricky to break them down. But pre- previously, in the last like four seasons, no one seems to want fourth come the end of the season and everyone keeps losing. So I think it was a good result that Man City beat Chelsea yesterday. It'd be interesting to see how they bounce back now. But they had, they got trounced by United early in the season and went on a run after that. So they're looking good at the moment for fourth. Sheffield United are winning, as I say, at Man United. But, but I, I think they'll tail off towards the end. I think their squad isn't isn't strong enough. Um, it's been a fantastic start for them. So in terms of relegation, I'd be amazed if they're anywhere near there, even if they tail off at the end. Man United, I'm not sure about them. They seem to have some good results, some bad results. So it depends which Man United turn up, but they're too inconsistent. Arsenal in free fall at the moment, but they're capable of building a run together. Um, and, you know, we, we've got that away hoodoo off our back. Um so yeah, so get on a good run. We've got a good run. We've got Man United and Chelsea. If we can beat them, Chelsea at home. I think Man United away, which won't be easy. Chelsea at home won't be easy because they've, you know, even though they lost free scoring. Um, that should have been 3-1, that Sterling offside goal. Ridiculous. VAR absolutely ruining the game with crazy decisions like that. Um, so yeah, so top four's not beyond the realms. FA Cup not beyond the realms. Champions League not beyond the realms. Uh the two cup competitions, like I say, you need a bit of luck with the teams that you draw and, and missing some teams, or you just go and beat the best. So yeah, so we we need to win against Olympiacos. The same kind of um, intensity we had with West Ham going forward, kill the game off, cut the mistakes out. Although I'd be very surprised if it was as open. Uh, I'm surprised Mourinho didn't make a few more changes with that game. Like certainly at three nil um, to arrest people, but you know. So I expect us to beat Olympiacos, and then that it's a rubber game against Bayern Munich, which doesn't really matter. Um, so there's a chance to see what a few others can do. Um, yeah. And while we're talking about home games as well, I think it's only right at some point this season when uh, the dust dies down for the half-time guest to be Pochettino so he can say goodbye to the fans and then after the game invite into the dressing room and say goodbye to the players. Uh Letting him say goodbye via a whiteboard after everything he's done and transformed the club is pretty disgraceful, I think. Uh, it's just my opinion. So he needs uh, to be able to say goodbye. So invite him as a guest. But when he wants as well, it might still be a hollow thing at the moment, which wouldn't help. Um, but yeah, he needs to say goodbye and to the fans as well. I mean, if he does appear at half-time, that'll be the big, a bigger cheer than the goal. Um, but yeah, so Olympiacos... Get, see that through, same kind of intensity, cut out the silly mistakes, try and keep the same back four and do that at the weekend as well, uh, and then build momentum that way. Um, but yeah, and and I'm quietly confident that Champions League, good run in the knockouts if we do qualify, which we should qualify, uh, can happen. And that is it for this week. You will be pleased to know my ramblings about new manager, new game, a new away record of winning a game for once. Uh, little rumours section. Uh, not sure that will happen every week, being that the rumours will die down, but certainly there'll be rumours come January and, Feb- and, and December, certainly, and then towards the summer. Um, but any that I see that I find interesting on Twitter, I'll uh, certainly mention. Obviously, if anyone wants to ask my opinions on any rumours, anything that I've talked about, anything they want to talk about, 
uh, on Twitter at LTalkTottenham. Uh, just tweet me there um, and I'll see if I can answer them. Uh, again, anyone wants to join in, I'm perfectly <laughs> aware that me rambling on in my monotone voice is quite boring. So any Spurs fans or, or fans of the teams that we've just played uh, want to have a chat and join the podcast as well and have a, like a two-way conversation, more than happy to do that. Uh, direct message me on Twitter there, that L Talk Tottenham. Uh, sort that out. But till then, uh, I'll maybe do a podcast um, after the Olympiacos game, uh, depending on if I have time. If not, I'll talk about it after the next home game, which I think is Bournemouth. I could be wrong there, uh, but I'll certainly talk about that. So until next time, uh, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>